0: Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd.
1: We sing about the Lord making in us a perfect heart. Some of you may be sitting out there saying, You know what? I know that He can do that, but I'm not feeling it. And if He'd seen my behavior, you'd know my heart isn't reflecting a perfect heart. But you know what God can do? And it's a simple choice. Because if you're a child of God, you can simply take your eyes off of all the failures and the, and the horrendous things that are attacking the world and the things around you, your body, your, your circumstance, your job. You can take all that away and you can turn your eyes, your inward eyes, towards Him. And as you focus upon Jesus, then you can see that all is well. As you put your focus upon Him, you can see that there is a place where you live in union with Him in perfection. Now, we won't be ever perfect in our behavior as we walk upon this earth, but we are perfect as Christians in our relationship with the Lord. Do you know that? If you're striving for perfection in your relationship with the Lord, you're seeking something God has already given you through the life and death of Jesus Christ. You don't have to run after that anymore. And as I've said many times, the big work of the enemy is to keep us ever seeking what we already have. Never believing in the truth of what we have. Tonight we're going to talk a good bit about focus. We're going to talk a good bit about believing in the truth. Last week we talked about Philippians chapter 4 verse 1, and I'm going to redress some issues in Philippians 4 verse 1, but we're going to go forward from there. There's some things I believe that the Lord wants you to hear about Philippians verse 1. Let's start with a verse in Colossians. Let's start with Colossians three. 3 okay? It says, For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ. Now, he's speaking about Christians here. And he's saying that your reality is in Christ. Your real life is in Christ. It's not in this world. It's not in this flesh that you're wearing, this earth suit that you're wearing. Your reality is in Christ alone. So, if we're in Christ, if our lives are hidden with Christ in God, where are we? In Christ, right? In Christ, in God. Now let me ask you a question. Can we be moved from there? No. No. We're not going to be moved from there. No, you're in Christ. That means you will never be out of Christ. You're in the body of Christ. So, what does Paul mean when he says in verse 1, reading Philippians 4, verse 1? He says, Therefore, my brethren, whom I love and yearn to see, my delight and crown, wreath of victory, thus stand firm in the Lord. Now, it's important for you to understand what he's talking about. What does he mean there when he says, stand firm in the Lord? Well, I thought we were in Christ. I thought we were immovable. I thought that we could never be moved out of Christ. Yes, 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 you can't be moved out of Christ. When he says, stand firm in the Lord, he is saying, stand firm in who you are. Because you can be moved in your thoughts. You can be moved in your perceptions. You can be moved in your focus. And he's saying, stand firm in the Lord. Because that's where you are. That is the place of your life. That is where you stand, in the Lord. Now, you're not going to be moved from there. Nothing is going to take you out of there. But you can choose to look away from where you live. You can choose to look away from the reality. And this is what Colossians 3.3 3 just made very clear. You can choose to reject the reality of who you are in Christ. You can say, my reality is in this world. My reality is in my circumstances. My reality is in something other than Christ. And that is a distraction from truth. It's not reality. Jesus is reality. Your union with Christ is reality. Your life with Him is reality. Your eternal destiny to live with Him forever is reality. That is reality. And as I embrace this walk upon this earth in the truth of that reality, then I can afford to live with confidence and freedom. But if I begin to think that my reality is in this world, man, we're threatened every day, aren't we? Have you listened to the news? Do you see what's going on in the world around you? If this world is your sole reality, then it's little wonder you have so much to fear. If this body is your sole reality, it's little wonder you have so much to fear. And this world's all about taking care of the body, isn't it? Because that's a reality. That's the place they live in. They live as that is life. Paul says, stand firm in who you are. Do not let this world distract you from the truth. Kind of reminds me of when the kids were little. We'd go to Walmart or somewhere like that. And you may have guessed we had more than one child. But when you have two or three children, or in our case you know, a small nation that's following you around, you know, every once in a while, one of them needs your undivided attention. And when they do, well, you know, Katie, bar the door, there goes the others, right? They're like sheep. They're gone. So I can remember myself and my wife in the, you know, Walmart H-E-B or something, we're trying to take care of the one, we turn around, what do we say to the kids? You stay right there. Don't move. You stand right there. You do not move from this spot. And don't touch anything. You stay right there, okay? Now, how successful do you think that is? Well, we had a margin of success. At least we could say, I told you to stand right there, didn't I? Right? It never seemed to work. The truth is... We are in Christ, but we need to stand in it. We are living in Him, but we need to stand in the truth of His life. We need to live in the truth of who we are. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. There is no separation. We can't walk away. We cannot be moved from who we are spiritually or separated from Christ. What Paul is talking about is an attitude of the heart. He's talking about an attitude of the mind or the soul. Paul says, stand fast, do not be removed from who you are. Your life is in Christ, which means to live out of the truth. Be secure in who you are as a child, a child in union with God and with the Spirit. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, we put that all in a spiritual category. We shove it off into one corner, and we live in a duality that says, life is here, but life is there. But what Jesus was literally saying to you as a child of God, literally His words ring out through eternity, because what He was saying, even to the people who would later receive Him, I am life. For you, Christian, I am the way. I am Christ. I am the life. I am the truth. There is no other way for you. There is no other way. There's only one way to live. So you can take what Jesus just said and you can distill it down to what Paul said. Paul says, stand fast in the truth, in Christ. In Christ, in the way. In Christ, in the truth. In Christ, in the life. That is your life. This is where you learn that. That He is your life. He is the truth of it. Be secure in who you are. Now here's the truth. You will live to what you believe, but not necessarily to what you know. How many of us are living to everything we know? I didn't see any hands go up good thing, because we'd have to deal with lying. But the reality is that you will live to what you believe, not necessarily to what you know. You have to believe that you are in Christ and He is your life, and that is applicable to the here and now. It is the truth of the here and now. Or you will separate the reality of your life spiritually into a corner over here and only draw from it as needed, like an IRA. But God said, I came that you might have the occasional deliverance. God said, I came that you might have this, the occasional rescue. I came that you might have someone to pray to. I came that you might cry out to me when you're in need. I came... No, that's not what he said. I came that you might have life. Life. That is living. That you might live abundantly. Which is in his abundance. Abundance. Determined to believe you are in Christ, to live the way of truth by yielding to the life of truth as in your mind, will, and emotions. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or of no purpose. Do not be moved, be immovable in your determination to live in the truth. That's what he's saying. And you will experientially live out the truth as the life of the vine flows through the branch. And because his life flows through you, you will experientially, when you determine to live out of that life, begin to see his expression in all that you do. Do you think that the work he is talking about is just the work of the gospel or the church? No! He's talking about life! He's talking about daily living. You know, the, the vine doesn't express life to the branch just when it wants it to bear fruit, does it? It doesn't go over there and say, oh, it's time to resurrect the branch. I'd like to pull out a few bunches of grapes. No. The branch is alive by virtue of the life, and part of his living and expression is the life that is within him, and that branch presses out the life of the vine in the fruit. It doesn't create it, doesn't manufacture it, doesn't even decide when it'll come or when it'll go. He just abides in it and receives it. Now that's what we're talking about here. Stand fast. In the truth that life flows in you. Do not be distracted from the reality that you have another source of life. You have the only source of life, which is Christ. And know this, as He is your source of life, nothing in your life is wasted. Romans 8.28 becomes true in the reality of Christ as life. That's where it becomes true. Does that mean that I will always see the good in everything I'm going through? Well, if you've got that kind of faith, I'd like to get a piece of that. I I don't always see the good, but I know that if I enter into the judgment, if I enter into casting judgments about the things that I'm going through, saying, oh, well, this is going to destroy me, oh, well, this is going to be the end of of me, or, oh, well, it would have been better if this had happened. If I enter into shoulda, woulda, coulda, You know what I miss in the circumstance? Jesus. I miss him. Doesn't mean he's not there. Where's my focus? It's on the circumstance, isn't it? It's not on him. You know, when we were kids, we used to make trips in the car a lot. Because back then, and even now, we really couldn't afford to fly anywhere. So most of our long trips were always in the car. It's an interesting thing, though. I could fall asleep. I could look away. But when I woke up, we were still headed in the same direction. I just missed the journey. Now, while that may be desirable to you in taking a trip, it's not the point and purpose of your life. The point and purpose of the life is that you may know Him in every step of the way. And if you are so distracted by the things that are going on around you, If you're so distracted by your own self-centered focus, you'll miss Jesus. And the ride won't be what it was intended to be for you. Oh, it'll get you where he wants you to go. And in that respect, all things work together for good. But I've watched many a Christian, and I myself, have been drugged from point to point, kicking and screaming, missing the fact that I was walking with him, refusing to trust in him. Refusing to believe that I had a God. Hoping to somehow rescue myself from where he was taking me. The reality is that he was there all the time. And I missed the liberty that he had for me. Don't be moved in your determination to live out the truth. Now, being determined to live out the truth doesn't mean that you're not going to fail. But it means that when you do fail, you'll get up with a new determination, a renewed determination to live in the truth. If you determine to live in this truth, then reality and even in this life will bear out the truth in you as I begin to focus and put my trust in Christ, as I begin to believe that He is my life, as I begin to yield myself to the flow of that life and allow Him to minister life through me, then I have been affirmed in the truth. I have been affirmed in the reality of my union with Him. I have been affirmed through the things around me. I have begun to see the footprints, not just the footprints, the very presence of God around me. Is it because the things were so beautiful? No. It's because I was looking for Him and nothing else. I had determined, I had determined to live my life to know Him. Now, you can make a choice. If you determine to live your life as a fish, the reality of who you are will eventually bring you to the place where you will either accept the truth that you're a man or you will live in a delusion that will take you to death. Isn't that true? If you determine to live as a fish, your environment will be hostile to you. Everyone around you will begin to see you as being mixed up and confused and you'll never be settled in the way you live, will you? Pretty soon, you'll figure out that living as a fish doesn't suit you. Pretty soon life will teach you that you were made to live as a man, won't it? Be pretty quick, won't it? You were made to live for Him. As a Christian, you were made for Him. And all of life is about teaching you the truth that you're not suited for anything else. All of life is to bring you into a place where you will be absolutely yielded to your communion with Him. And to grow you in that reality where are you determined to live are you determined to live with this earth as your reality or are you determined to live in in a reality that is you in Christ and Christ in you you see in that reality there's liberty that's where Christian liberty is Galatians 5 verse 1 says in this freedom Christ has made us free and completely liberated us Liberated us from what? Living like a fish. Bringing us into the truth of who we are. Bringing us into the reality of a greater life, of an eternal existence, of a God who is completely able to give us everything that we need by virtue of His presence in us. Taking us out of the fear of losing life and failing. That's what He's done. Completely freed us. So, what does it say? Stand fast then. Do not be hampered and held and snared. Or submit again to the yoke of slavery which you have put off. What is the yoke of slavery he's talking about? He's talking about living in a man-centered world. He's talking about walking around self-centered. Being offended. Letting others offend you. He's talking about living like you don't have a God. That's what he's talking about. Don't take that on anymore. Don't put that yoke on you. You've been liberated from that. Stand fast is the word that he used. It's the same word that Paul uses in Philippians four one. Stand fast in your liberty. Stand fast in the truth of who you are. Stand fast in the reality of your union with Christ. Live in it. Now, how does the enemy deal with that? He can't take our spirituality from us. He can't take away from us who we are in Christ. So what does he seek to do? distract us that's why Paul is so emphatic he says stand fast because listen I'm going to tell you something the enemy wants to take your focus off of Jesus the world hates the contrast that you're living out of the world wants to put your your focus on, on it he wants you to live as though this flesh life is all you've got He wants you to live in the desperation of trying to keep yourself well-fed and well-kept and keep your body in perfect condition and all of the things that we do as human beings trying to maintain our existence on the planet. He wants that to be our focus. He wants other people to be our focus. He doesn't care what your focus is as long as it's not Jesus. Because listen, just as the plant was made for sunshine, we were made for him. And if we turn our faces away, if we begin to look away from the truth of who we were made for, then we begin to die a little in this life. In this life. We begin to lose hope. We begin to lose the joy we begin to lose the focus of life. And then what are we focused on? We're focused on our bodies. We're focused on the way people treat us. We're focused on what the world's doing. We're focused on our finance. We're focused on all kinds of things. We need to be focused on the church. God says, focus on Jesus. On the mount, he said, this is my son. I know Moses is here. I know Elijah is here. But this is my son. That's what I want you to see. Not religion and the law, but Jesus. The enemy wants to distract us, which brings us to Philippians 4, verses 2 and 3. It says, I entreat and advise, Iodia, I entreat and advise, Syntyche, to agree and to work in harmony in the Lord. I exhort you, too, my genuine yoke fellow, help these two women to keep on cooperating, for they had toiled along with me in the spreading of the good news, the gospel, as have Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, those whose names are in the book of life. Now here you have two women that Paul worked with. They were mature in the Lord, faithful and diligent in the in service, but they lost their focus. Now they were more protective of their point of view than they were the harmony of the body of Christ. Now I believe that if it had been a serious doctrinal area worthy of mention, Paul would have addressed it. But you know, he doesn't even mention the problem, the issue. What he mentions is the separation, the dispute. Because he's more concerned with that He's more concerned with the separation. He's more concerned with the way they have treated each other than he is the original argument. See, they had offended each other. Paul says, I want to deal with the separation. The cause is not worthy of our focus. To be offended brings with it the temptation to make the offense your focus. And Jesus addresses this in Matthew 7, verse 3. Now listen to this. It says this in the Amplified, but it makes it real clear. He says, Why do you stare from without at the very small particle in your brother's eye, but don't become aware of and consider the beam of timber in your own eye? Why do you stare at the particle in your brother's eye? What's he saying? What's your focus? I tell you, the focus is the offense. The focus is your brother and how he's offended you. You know what the beam is in your eye? Judgment.
0: Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life. All that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you.